e-bulletin available online with links to our connect form and website. You can access this by opening the camera app on your iPhone or Android device and pointing it at the QR code on the screen. If you're new with us today, we are so glad you've joined us. Please connect with us by going to presschurch.tv or by snapping the QR code with your device and clicking on the I'm new link. This is not a commitment to anything, but an opportunity for us to support you and thank you for joining us. Each Monday night from 6 to 8.15 p.m., we partner with the Dream Center in Delaware to deliver groceries to families in need. We build relationships with these families and grow in our own faith as we serve others. You can volunteer once or twice a month or even weekly. To find out how you can participate, please contact Pastor Jason at jason.allison at presschurch.tv. Tonight, 6 to 7.30 p.m., Press Youth will be hosting Waterpalooza featuring a giant slip and slide. This is for all kids grades 6 through 12 and an amazing opportunity for our youth to connect with each other and learn more about God. Press Church will be collecting supplies for our neighborhood schools. We'll be collecting Clorox wipes, tissues, post-its, Sharpies, and more. You can bring these to the lobby at the Powell campus and we will have an area to drop off your donations. If you would like to join Press Church in making a difference in this community, there are four ways you can support us financially. If you're visiting a campus in person, there's a box by the back exit of the worship center where you can drop off your support as you leave. If you would prefer to send a check, please send it to 8794 Big Bear Avenue, Powell, Ohio, 43065. The easiest way to give is by visiting our website or texting any amount to the number 84321. Let's celebrate everything God has given us and support the community both locally and globally. Now, let's prepare to engage what God has for us today. She said, I want a love that's just so perfect. When I wake up, I don't deserve it. I want a love that gives me freedom. Give it all up just to finally meet him. I know I've got God on my side. Give him the night. To begin, I guess deeper than I know. I, I want to love this just like Jesus. Well, good morning, everybody. How are we doing today? Doing all right? Well, I am glad to be back. Uh, if you are new with us today, welcome, by the way. I've been gone for the last two weeks, so. It is good to be back. Welcome, everybody, uh, whether you are new with us or someone who comes often. Also, for those of you watching online, welcome. Glad you guys are joining us as well. Um, I'm still trying to, like, get back in the swing of things. Anybody, like, go on vacation and it takes them, like, another week or two to just kind of get back in. So we drove back Wednesday night, and, um, and I told myself, so the week leading up to when I left, I'm like, I'm going to get my message prepped so that when I get back... That didn't really happen. So, you know, last two days have been really, well, last three days really been, been, been crunching to get this done. Um, but time weighs good. Like, if, if you don't take time to get away, take time to get away. It's, it's good. It helps me refocus. Um, it, it reminds me, I think we forget this. If, you, if you're uh, a parent, uh, I think we forget the, um, the discipleship opportunity we have with our kids. It's, it's, we, can, we can miss it really easily because kids are difficult and hard, and they're great, too. It's funny. My daughter, we were, <laughs> we were getting out of the bath, and my daughter goes, do you like having kids? <laughs> and I'm like, of course. No, no. She said this. She said, 
is having kids hard? And I said, yes. And then she said, do you like having kids? And I said, absolutely. <laughs> but it's just funny, like she's picking. It's hard, but I, I don't want to forget or I don't want to miss the fact that as parents, we have a great opportunity to disciple our kids, to be there, to be present, and knowing that we've got ears listening all the time. If you're not a parent, um, there's plenty of people in your life that you can be discipling as well. I think we'd miss, though, like being intentional in our relationships. And so that was a good reminder for me. Hey, I'm always being watched. I always have an opportunity uh, to speak into my kids' lives, to the people around me. Uh, and then for, for me, too, it was good to get back and refocus, like, all right, like, press as a church. Like, we talk about embracing your identity in Christ all the time. That's, like, something we talk about a lot. Your identity in Christ, who you are in Christ. Um, and I, I think it's really easy to miss the importance of that in a society that's, like, trying, like, we're all trying to figure things out. We're all trying to figure out, you know, who we are, what, why am I here, what is my purpose, and I feel like scripture is, like, the place to go, right? Like, we find who we are in Christ. We find who we are through God's love, through uh, what he's done. And, um, and I don't want us to forget that. I, I don't want us to forget that. Um, if you haven't noticed, there's a lot of division right now. Uh, you probably haven't noticed. If you go on social media, everybody's really nice to each other right now, and they're saying really nice things, especially if you disagree with them. If you disagree with them, they're, they're being really nice right now. Um, and obviously, you know, this last weekend, you know, the, the overturning of Roe v. Wade, um, we've seen another level of that, right? Like, they're even nicer now that that's happened. Um, and it was funny, because in prepping for this week, I was going to give some stats on, like, how divided our country is. And I'm like, I feel like stats at this point would just be kind of silly. Like, we don't need stats, right? <laughs> I, you can say, like, hey, like, 10 years ago, we weren't as divided. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. Um, we're very divided. There's a lot of divisiveness going on, and um, I, it's just it's just crazy to see how polarizing it is, even within the church, even within people of faith. Um, I imagine if we took a poll in here, there would be half of you who would say, "Yes, uh, Roe v. Wade, that's awesome. Glad it's happening." And then there would be another half of you that's like, "This is terrible, and I'm scared." And 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 we're you know we're a body of Christ here, like we're. I know not everybody in here necessarily believes that Jesus is a savior, but like as a church, that's what we believe. Like Jesus is our savior, died, rose again. That's like what we, we come around that fact. That's what, that's what our belief is on. And even in a room like this, if we polled people, I bet there'd be quite a difference of opinions. Like what, do, what do you do with that? You have some rejoicing, you have others in fear. And, and I'll say this, no matter where you land uh, politically, no matter what you think of um, the recent events, I think as a church, as, as people who follow Jesus, like we need to step up. No matter what you believe, we need to step up. If you're pro-choice, be pro, you know, find a way to at least acknowledge the value of life. Because I think there's pro-life people who say, you're not valuing life. If you're saying you're pro-life, how are we supporting women? How are we supporting young mothers? How are we giving education? How are we, like, and to me, no matter where you stand, I have my own opinions. I'm not gonna tell you my opinions today. What I do know is as a church, we need to love and support people. And especially if they disagree with us. Just because someone disagrees with you doesn't mean they're any lesser. Um, listen to people, understand. A lot of these people, they have fears that are real fears. To just dismiss that is not loving. So I think as a church, like, it, it's tough because I, I look at all the issues in the world and it's overbearing. I feel like as a church, people look at the church like, oh, what are you doing? How are you fixing this? And it's overbearing. I'm like, I can't fix all the problems.
but I know that if we come together as a church, that we can help this. I want young mothers who are pregnant to know that we're here for them, and I don't think abortion is the best way, and I want to do everything I can to support them, not just for that life, but for them. Like, it shouldn't just be about that. It should be bigger. Like, how are we doing that? I want people to know they're safe here. I want to know they have a, a place that we're supporting, that we're not just, oh, I think this, and if you don't agree with me, then pff, get off, find somewhere else. Like, no. We want to love people well, hence uncomfortable love. It's funny, like, I continue to ask God, like, why, why you called, why he called me to this time and this place? Why Press Church? We launched in 2020, so right in the man, middle of a pandemic. Uh, political craziness, the pandemic stuff, mask, no mask, remember that? Like, social distancing, like, I can't make a right enough decision. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make somebody upset, somebody's not gonna agree with it, and, and we're gonna miss the big point of why we're here. We're here because we believe in Jesus Christ, and we're trying to live a life that, that represents that. And so, like, it's tough. Like, I think this series is right on time. Like, it's uncomfortable, it's hard. But I think we have a mandate to be, to be better than that, to be bigger than that. I could teach, like, I know of churches who go super political, and they'll get people to come in just because of that. I could teach to a crowd. Like, I could, I could, I could like, take my opinion and just run with it, and I'd probably get people that would agree with me, and then I would just miss a whole other section of people. That does nothing. Like, it, it doesn't help the situation. It's funny, I came across a, a Spurgeon quote this week, and he said, if, if, you, if you always enjoy sermons, the minister is not a good steward. He's not acting wisely who deals out nothing but sweets. And you could take that a bunch of different ways, but I'll say this. Like, when I read scripture, it, it challenges me. It can make me uncomfortable. And if we're just comfortable all the time, I think we're missing, we're missing some stuff. I think God calls us to uncomfortable things. He calls us beyond ourselves. And if we go beyond ourselves, that's uncomfortable. Uh, and it can feel ridiculous at times. And so I'm challenging you. This may be your first time here, and you've never heard me speak before. You're like, oh, who is this guy? Is he pro-life? Is he pro-choice? Is he Republican? Is he Democrat? Is he hey, look, we're going to dig into Scripture, and I want to see Christ in all that we do. That is our heart here. That's what I'm going to stick to. Um, but in this uncomfortable love, it's uncomfortable at times. It's hard sometimes. Uh, but it's good. So the pastors, before I went on vacation, we hopped in the car, and we were talking more about uncomfortable love. So let's take a look at this video with the pastors. God calls us into some ridiculous expletives. <laughs> ridiculous expletives. <laughs> it feels that way. Yeah. It definitely feels that. I think it feels that way if you're actually like engaging it. Uh, I think he but. calls us into ridiculousness at times. Mm -hmm. Like if we're really following him, th there are times that he asks us to do things that just on the surface looking at it, that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah. No like sometimes that. the things of God just feel too much. Yeah. You know, and I, I think. It's too often as Christians we can dismiss that idea that it does feel like too much and it's supposed to feel like too much yeah. like I know that might be controversial to say that but if we don't feel that then we're going to think we can handle it without God but God won't give me anything 
more than what I can handle. Yeah, that's in the Bible, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Isn't all there the, a verse there? <laughs> all the memes and stuff that's not there at all. Not at all. The, the cultural Christian. Yeah. Speaking uh, of ridiculousness. Yeah. <laughs> when God opens, or when God closes a door, he opens a window. <laughs> yeah. We should just do a whole thing. Oh, my God. All, <laughs> how wrong all these memes are. Christian, yeah. and then out of context scripture. Christian meme yes. theology. Yeah, yeah. Meme theology. There yeah. you go. Yeah. <laughs> and people will, are willing to live and die on this they meme eat that theology. Up. They eat that up. Yeah. We, it, yeah, we, we, uh, we like that simple. You know. Well, it makes like me feel over, good. It's like an overly simplistic. Yeah, view it makes of me feel so. good where I'm at right now. And and but that's I think that's why we feel the tension of it is, God didn't call us to feel comfortable mm. where we're at yeah well yeah he but he says he's with us yes mm-hmm. it's like there's this i mean you see it all through the new testament this acknowledgement of like hey this is hard trials tribulations like uh, this this is hard hard stuff i'm with you i see you I'm for you like yeah <laughs> you have purpose you have a future you you know it's like <laughs> yeah well, the lie of evil is that we're somehow not supposed to be uncomfortable in the process of God being with us. Mm. It goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden, right? Mm. I mean, when evil can plant that doubt because we don't feel a certain way, right. that's that's the ultimate lie right there, right? If we don't recognize that, we're, we're never going to feel safe, ultimately, right. you know? And so there it's this constant chase of a lie of if I just get to wherever yeah. everything's going to be okay right and God's going it, it doesn't feel okay well, but I, I'm with you and I think that gets in the way of us loving yes yes yeah. it does <laughs> oh yeah because loving puts you in a position where you might not be comfortable yeah and you're, you're risking because you're being vulnerable you're you know and, and we don't want to do that right and that's what pushes us to think, okay, what, what type of ridiculousness is God calling us into that we're resisting because we're not comfortable with it? Yeah. Good question. Yeah, what do we do when God's asking us to do something beyond ourselves? And I think that that's, um, I think that's a question we don't often ask ourselves because we like to stay in, in, in our comfort zones. Um, we like to like to keep things uh, kosher, nice and simple and easy, and um, and I think it's easy to dismiss something that's hard as not being of God, because, well, God wouldn't give me something hard. Well, uh, Scripture doesn't seem to reflect that sentiment. I'm going to look at, um, we're going to be in Scripture today that you guys probably m- may be familiar with. It's one of the more um, well-known miracles that, that Jesus performed. We're going to be in Mark chapter 6, if you have your Bibles and want to follow with us. We're in Mark chapter 6, and, and this story we're going to be working through, it's the feeding of the 5,000. Uh, fun fact, the feeding of the 5,000 is the only miracle other than the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's in all four Gospels. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those are four Gospels. The feeding of 5,000 is, is in each of them. So, I mean, it's, it's must be somewhat important. But uh, I'm going to read through uh, some of this. So let's start. We're going to be in verse 34. And... Um, We'll go through 37. It says this, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. 
By this time, it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? Ending with a question. Are we to go and do What's funny about this story is this sh- comes shortly after the disciples had actually come back. They had, they had been sent out by Jesus. They had been sent out, and while he was sending them out, he told them, don't take anything with you. So he's sending them out to prepare the way. He's sending them to all these, these areas, and he says, you know, don't take a bag, don't take bread, don't take money, take only your staff. And so this interaction here is them, they had just come back, and they're talking to Jesus, and they're telling Jesus about what happened. And so you can imagine, they don't have much on them, right? You just, you just sent us out with nothing. We're coming back, we're doing this thing, and then now he's, he's asking them to feed 5,000 people. I mean, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's somewhat comical in, in the way it, it's approached here. But, uh, and if we continue reading here, we'll see that uh, there was a great miracle. 5,000 people uh, were fed. Um, I'm not going to focus so much on the, the miracle today, but I do want to look at that passage leading up to the miracle. And one of the first things that I notice in this, uh, and this is my first slide today, is that compassion fuels action. Compassion fuels action. If you look at verse 34, you see Jesus said, or you see Jesus, it says he had compassion on them. He saw these people, he had compassion on them. And think about this word compassion. Like, when's the last time I had, like, compassion for somebody? Like, I mean, think about it for yourselves. Like, when was the last thing you, like, had compassion for somebody? And then with that, like, what did it lead you to do? Like, what did you do because of it? And usually when we have compassion, like, it, it fuels us to then do something. We, we go and do something. And I think one of the main reasons, you know, we're talking about uncomfortable love. I think one of the reasons we don't act out of love as much is I think a lot of us, myself included, are lacking in compassion. Um, and I, was just, I just have to be honest with myself in that. I, I'm lacking in compassion. I think mostly of myself in my situation. And when I think about it, like, we have a society of people who are hurting, like people who who are going through trials, going through hardship, and I'm like, I have to ask myself, do I care? Like, do I care about the hurting person next to me? I imagine, again, if we took a poll or had people fill things out today, like each of you have something in your life that's probably heavy that you're dealing with. And we're all sitting here, you know, we got dressed, we're looking fine, everything's good, it's sunny out, you know, we went to the Powell Fest last night, having a drink, everything's good, and yet nobody knows, like, that deep down, that, that stuff that's just going on, that's heavy. And, and I think about that, you know, I, I was at the Powell Fest last night, and I'm looking at all these people in Powell, and I'm like, do I care about them? Do I care about their problems? Do I have compassion for them? And if I did, what would that look, what would that fuel me to do? Like, what 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 would that move me uh, to to do? And I I think that you know part of it is we care less or we think less about 
those people because we're, we're really focused on ourselves. The thing that we're dealing with is so hard and so heavy that it's, it's really hard to think about the other person who's dealing with something because I've got my own problems. Who's, who's reaching a handout to me? I'm not getting a handout. I didn't, they're not caring about me. Why am I, why, why should I care about them? And it's this circle, like, the, you know, being a pastor, I get, I get some insights into some of your guys' lives, and I get to hear some of the struggles and some of the, the things that are weighing, and it's heavy. Like, I wish, I'm not here to share everybody's stuff, but it's like, I wish you could know, like, the people around you, like, there's struggles, there's hardship. Like, just because we go to church doesn't mean everything's neat and great and perfect, and we miss that because we're, again, we think, and I'm not like saying you guys are selfish, terrible people. Like we all do it. We think mostly of ourselves and we miss the fact that there's other people who, are, who have some heavy stuff. And we miss the fact how we can play into you know, having compassion with that. I, was, I found an article and this was from August of 2020. So it's a little out of date, but I found a stat that was interesting to me it said in 2020, this is August of 2020, it said 11% of the, the U.S. population had seriously considered suicide in the past 30 days. So within that month, end of July, August, or somewhere between July and August, 11% of the whole United States had, had seriously considered suicide. Like, that's a, that's a big number. That's within a month. You know, did you say if you've ever had suicidal thoughts, like within that month? And, and it, just, it just got me thinking, like, man, like, people are hurting. Like, th- th- there are people who are in, who are in need. And, I, you know, I ask myself, I ask us, like, can we see them? Can we see the people? Like, in this verse, you see Jesus, he saw, he saw the people, and he had compassion on them. And I can't help but think, like, is, is the church representative of that compassion? And what would it take for the church to be representative of that compassion? How are we like Jesus in the fact that we see a, we see a need or we see people hurting, we say, I have compassion, I, I want to I help. I think if most people, you ask most people about the church, I don't think compassion would be the first word that they would describe the church as. Now, I can say, yeah, you're too far from it. <laughs> you got to get close. We're very loving, I swear. But that's the thing. It's like, it's like we, expect, we expect people to, to just come to us. We just come to us. We're here. We're here every Sunday. You know where we're at. We'll, we'll love and support you. But it's like, it's like you come to us instead of us just going to them and being them. Us in our neighborhoods and the people in your work and whatever it is, like, us going to them and showing, hey, I care. I give, I give a crap, right? Am I allowed to say that? I'm sorry. I, I, I truly am. I, yeah, anyways, I'm sorry. What's funny is you guys watch movies with worse words than that all the time. Don't, don't, don't start giving me, no, no, no. We're not going, we're not going there. We're not going there. I'm good with God. He's good with me. We're good. I'm sorry if that was bad, but we need to care, right? We need to care. And, and I think it's easy, it's, it's convenient and easy not to care. Jesus was driven by compassion and it fueled him into action. Next, the next section that stands out, the disciples noticed something in this interaction. So Jesus saw this, he had compassion, he starts teaching them. 
And then the disciples notice something. They recognize it's late, and they're in a remote place. Like, we're in the middle of nowhere. Like, there's all these people. Um, and so their suggestion is to send people away. They're like, we need to get them out of here. We need them to go get their food, right? They go Get them out. Uh, go buy your own food. Get out of here. Now, if this was me, if I was one of the disciples, I know what my motivation would be. My motivation would be, it's late. I'm tired. We just got back from doing all this stuff for Jesus. We got all these people. Get out so I can rest. Like, get out of here. I'm tired, right? And I think most of us would probably feel that way. Um, if you've ever been, had a full day of things and it's late and you're like, I just, I just want quiet, right? I just, just want to be done. And so disciples are like that. It's like, hey, get out. And maybe they're well-intended, but I could, you, again, I think it's, there's probably a little bit of like, I just need my space, right? Get out of here. Uh, and he's, you know, he's saying, you know, send them off. Send them away. We need to end this. This has been great, good and all. It needs to end. But what does Jesus say? This is so great. He says, you give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. You be involved in loving. You be involved in showing compassion. You do something. And I fear that my response would be the same as the disciples. Like, there's no way. Like, <laughs> funny. That's funny. You sent us out with nothing. We have nothing. Mathematically, this doesn't work out, Jesus. Like, this doesn't work. <laughs> okay, I don't know the parable you're trying to say here. or what you're Like, this doesn't work. But he says, you give them something to eat. And they think through all the reasons. Do you know how much that would cost? Like, you know how hard that would be? Like, what? This is, if, we, if we tell these people we're going to feed them, they're going to think we're crazy. Like, what? And here's the thing. We're good at excuses. Like, I'm, I'm really good at excuses. We're good at justifying why we think the way we think. But Jesus is calling them to something here. And some, calling something bigger than themselves. And I, and I think, like, we, we somewhat asked this question earlier. It's like, when was the last time God asked you to do something ridiculous or uncomfortable? Like, what was that? Like, when was the last time God asked you to do something uncomfortable or ridiculous? And then what was your response? Was it excuses or justification or, yeah. I, I know for me, like, one of my biggest hesitations in doing something uncomfortable um, is usually how it's going to make me look or what other people are going to think if I do said thing. So, like, I, if, if me doing this crazy thing is going to look crazy, I don't want them to think I'm crazy. I, wanna, I, wanna, I want them to know why I'm doing it, right? I want to explain myself. Like, I, and it's a self-protective thing, right? We like, we like to be self-protective. Like, and so if I'm going to do something crazy or uncomfortable, I want you to know why I'm, why I'm doing it. Um, because I don't want you to think weird of me. I, I used to be, uh, years ago I used to work in the music industry. I've shared some, with you, some of you guys with that. Uh, so I used to work with bands all the time. And, and producing these bands, a lot of times you would give them, uh, you'd give them some opinions. Like, oh, hey, try this or do this. And I remember this, this one band, I wanted to do something crazy with them. Like, I wanted to just flip something up hardcore. And I, I remember, like, the first time I tried to do this, I was really uncomfortable with it because I'm like, they're going to think I'm crazy. And so I'm like almost underselling it. So if they say no to my idea, it's not really going to hurt me because I don't want them to think I'm stupid. But it's like, I'm trying to explain this 
thing to them, and, and I'm like hesitant because I don't want them to think I'm crazy. And it's their song, and I don't want them, you know. And I just notice this thing in me where it's like, I care what you think. Like, I, I, I care what you think of me. And I think we all have that. If, if, if I asked one of you guys to prepare a message next week, like, you, most of you would <laughs> say no, obviously. But, like, and you think about that, you would get up here and you would care what the other person thought. Did I speak eloquently enough? Did I talk right? Did I use words that I shouldn't have? Like, what, what, you know, it's like what I care. And, and so when we think about these uncomfortable, ridiculous things, like we, we care so much of like how it makes us look. And maybe I'm just talking about myself. I know for me, like that's a, I think we all have different areas that we're more or less comfortable with. But like, I want to protect myself. And I know I'm not alone. We all want to protect ourselves. And when we look at uncomfortable love, when we look at this, this theme of loving, like, God is inviting us to, to, to actively love those around us. And that's, and, and that's uncomfortable. You give them something to eat, right? God's saying, you give them something to eat. You be a part of this. You show them love, and, and it's hard, and it's not easy. It's uncomfortable. And again, the, our, my nature is to, to be safe. My nature is to be, to, to, to be safe. I want you to like me. I, I want you to not think differently of what I am. Like, I want you, I, we want to be known, right? We want to be known. We want to be understood. We want, it's like, this is just part of, like, just being a human, and every single one of us in this room, I don't care what age you're at, you can be in your 80s, you can be in your teens or under, like, we want to be known. And we want to be, and we want to protect ourselves. We don't want to get hurt. And so a lot of us don't even begin stepping into some of these uncomfortable places that God's taking us because of that. I think John used this scripture last week, but in 1 John chapter 3, uh, it says this, it says, this is how we know what love is. Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. And it goes on, if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? This is no pity on them. They have no compassion. If we have no compassion, how can the love of God be in that person? How can the love of God be in us if we do not have compassion if we don't have them and he closes out dear children let us not love with words or speech but with actions and in truth we're good at words and speech right we like posting on social media or we like you know we can outside of having a conversation with somebody we're really good at talking about what we believe right but in action and in truth, and a lot of us will focus on truth. Well, I'm just telling the truth. I'm like, the Bible says that's wrong, so that's wrong. Okay, but how we say something matters. If I tell my wife, I love you, <laughs> does she think, she think she's going to believe that? Well, I said the right thing, and it's true. I remember, so uh, right after I had graduated high school, 
I was at a camp and I I dove into this like shallow pond lake thing. I was running I was running into the water. It's like a man-made beach. Uh, Rhonda remembers because I had my neck brace. Yeah. So I'm running into the water. I dive in and my head my head hits the bottom and I snap my head kind of down and and um, I was up in Port Clinton, Ohio. I was there with a camp. And, you know, Port Clinton, great medical facilities, right? Um, sorry, if I, that sounds so bad. I don't know what their medical, I just know it was a little kind of small place. Anyways, so I had to go in there, and we start getting x-rays, and they're, like, asking me to, like, move my head and all these, and it's like, oh, my gosh, it hurts so bad. And I'm, like, I'm freaking out. I'm like, did I just break my neck? Like, I don't know. It hurts so bad. It feels weird. It just feels off. I'm getting all this stuff, and I, it got to the point where they, they checked me out. They, there's no breaks. They said, all right, no, there's no breaks, but um, you need to get an MRI. Like, we need to see if there's tears or different, like, just because your neck's not broken doesn't mean that there's not some serious stuff going on. So I'm like, okay, that's not fine. And he's like, and then the, the doctor begins, and, and this is what's so funny. So I'm, I'm there with, like, one of my youth leaders. He's there, and then I'm, I'm sitting here. The doctor's staying there, and he starts talking through. So if, and it's, you know, some, some doctors, they just talk in, like, this very, like, straight, you know what I mean? It's just that, like, straight, non-emotional, here are the facts sort of thing. And he goes, so you'll need to go uh, to Columbus, and you need to get an MRI, and if you, uh, there's a good chance if you have torn ligaments, you're going to have to get a halo. And, they're gonna, and he starts giving me all of these, like, potential scenarios of what could happen. What do you think I did? I'm, I, I'm done. I, he said halo, and I'm like, like, I've seen pictures. Like, I know what they have. That's, and so I was done. Like, I stopped listening. Like, my, my, the guy who's with me, the youth pastor, he even looked at me. He's like, he's like, are you there? Like, I, I don't know if you're there. I was out. He was telling me the truth. He was telling me truthful things about potentials. But I'm like, I'm, I just turned 18 years old. I just graduated high school. You're telling me potentials. I don't need to know potentials. Like, really? You need to tell me that? Okay. Like, I need to get an MRI. Fine. I get an MRI. You don't have to tell me every sort of thing that could happen. He was telling me the truth. I couldn't hear it. I couldn't hear the truth. I didn't like the truth. But it wasn't necessarily, it could be truth. <laughs> By the way, I tore some ligaments, neck brace for two months. Yes, good times. I'm okay. I can still walk. I will say, miraculously, though, they said if I would have hit anything harder than the sandy bottom, I probably would have punctured my spinal cord. And I either wouldn't be with you guys today or I'd be in a wheelchair. So thank you, Jesus. Um, moral of the story, how you say something matters. Your interactions with people matters. And we've, we've all experienced that. If someone says, I disagree with you, you're totally wrong. You're going to be on the defensive. You're not going to tell me I'm wrong. Do that with your spouse. How's that work out for you? Not good. Now, if you come in humility and say, you know, I'm not sure if I think that way. I'm not sure if that's what I think. Now, I know we're in a society where you can't disagree with somebody. I know it's like a taboo, right? Um, we're going to disagree with each other. <laughs> even, in, even in this room, like those of you watching, like we're going to disagree on things. Some of you like vanilla ice cream. Some of you like ice cream with more things in it because it tastes better. <laughs> Some of us like 
Jenny's ice cream. Some of us likes graters. Some of us likes, what's the other? Uh, what? Handles. There's another one. Wits. That's the other one. We have so many people in our life group. They're all about wits. And I'm like, I'm not, it's custard, right? That's not ice cream. That's custard. Exactly. Here we go. Already disagreeing. Let's fight about this, right? We're going to have, a, we're going to put a poll on the, the press Facebook page. Like, what's the best ice cream? Like, we have differing opinions, people. Let's learn to communicate in ways that we can have conversations, that we can give people dignity, that we can show that we care, that we can show that we have compassion. God's love, God's, the way that God has it set up, it keeps us from being above other people. It does. We are not above other people. We are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. That does not make me better than any of you. I'm a sinner, and I need Jesus Christ because I still mess up. If you continue in John, that first John verse, in chapter 3, verses 23, it says this. It says, and this is the command. So this is our command. It says, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he has commanded the one who keeps God's commands lives in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. Loving the way God has called us to love is beyond us. We need, we need Jesus. We need God's help in this. We need God's spirit to lead us. It's, it's truly hard. And I'm challenged all the time. And I think that that's it's a good thing. It's good to be challenged. It's good to be uncomfortable. It's good to, to, to press in, no pun intended with press church. It's good to do this. There's a huge mission field outside of these walls. There's a mission field inside of here. Like, again, we're all dealing with something. We're all working through this thing called life. But again, I was, I was around thousands of people yesterday throughout Powell walking around. I know it's like we're all putting on that smiley face. And we're all acting like everything's okay. And behind closed doors, we're hurting. We're anxious, we're depressed, we have marital issues, we're thinking about suicide, we're thinking about all these things. Uh, what do I do in my job? I don't like where I'm at. My friend just hurt me. I can't trust people. Everybody lets me down. These are common thoughts that we're dealing with. People are hurting. How are we showing compassion? How are we showing God's love? I don't have to get you to think just like me before I can show you some compassion. I don't. That's not what Jesus didn't say, hey, make sure they think like you before you love them well. I mean, I, I was sharing with our team before service in Matthew 5, you know, Jesus, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. But, but they think differently than me. They like things that are bad. They do things that are bad. They say they, they hurt me. We don't have good excuses. And it shows our need for God. It shows our need for the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It is beyond us. It is uncomfortable. It is hard. But I think if us as a church, 
like if we can start living that out with the people around us, man, what, like, think about the hope that we could spread. Think about the love that, like how, how encouraged we would be together knowing, hey, I've got, I've got someone who cares and I've got a God who loves me so much. He's gonna put these people in my life and he died on a cross for my sins. He died for me. That's, that's crazy love. He loved us so much he died for us. We won't even say like, hi to somebody who thinks differently than us. Or we'll make sure to put a meme on social media that makes them look stupid so they know that their ideas are dumb. I think we all can improve. Dylan, you can come up. What would it look like for us to show God's compassion to the people around us? How can we share the love of Christ that we've experienced? And I ask that for myself. I ask that for us. Like, I, I don't do what I do just for fun. I don't do what I do because it makes me a bunch of money. Um, I do this because I feel like God's calling me to do this. And I feel like Press Church has a, a great opportunity to love the people around us. There's other churches in the city. There's other churches around. I, I love them. Great pastors, great people. I'm, I'm called here. I'm called to do this. And I, I want to invite you guys to be a part of what we're doing here. There's people that you know that need community. There's people who you know that need hope. There's people that you know that need love. And we, we want to spread that. We, we want that to be a, a linchpin of what we do here at Press. Not look like me to be included. Not think like me to be included. But hey, let's, let's take hands. Let's look forward and say, look, I believe in this guy named Jesus Christ. I believe he died and rose again. I believe that, that I have a hope and a future because of that. And that's, that's, what I, that's what I love to see. That's what I want us, the pastors here want. We don't want to just say, hey, think like us and do like us. Like, let's go on a journey together finding Jesus Christ and, and, and learning how to apply that to our lives. Learning how to share God's love wherever we are. And it's hard, but I'm in it. I'm in it. I'm sticking with it. I'm asking you to do the same. If you have questions, if you have comments, we are always open as pastors. The pastors you guys saw in the video, Pastor Jason, Pastor CR, myself, we're, we're around. If something we say you don't like, come to us, talk. I love that. I actually had a couple I got to talk to this week. They're like, hey, I'm not sure what you meant by this. Got to share, got to talk about it. Beautiful, awesome, body of Christ working together. Humility, love, you know, good stuff. There needs to be more people here. There needs to be more people who experience the love of Jesus Christ. And the church, if, if you look online and read, the church doesn't get a very good rap. Just saying, like, if I go out and say I'm a pastor, <laughs> people just assume things of me and I'm a bad person. You know what I mean? Like, that's somewhat of where we're at in society. There's good stuff. There's people who need hope. There's people who need the love of Jesus in their life. And we all, not just me, the professional Christian or whatever you people call pastors, all of us, priesthood of all believers, we are part of this. We are in it. We have the opportunity. Let's do it. Let's pray. God, as we uh, gather together today, we... Um, thank you for who you are. We thank you for your love, the perfect love, the 
incomprehensible love that you have. And we ask that, that you would lead us by your spirit, God, um, to live out that same love to the people around us. And that uh, through that love, people would come to see you for who you are, that you would be stirring in their souls, that you would be stirring in their spirits and you would be calling them to yourself. Because we know that we can't say the right enough words, we can't do enough right things to change someone's heart, God. Only you change hearts. But I asked uh, that you would allow us to be a part of that. And as we see in scripture, you calling us, you, you give them something to eat, right, God? I pray that we would be willing to get our hands dirty, to, to be a part of the lives of the people around us, that we would have a compassion that would then fuel action, that would fuel us to, to move and to do and to go, not just to be comfortable, God. God, we love you and we thank you for all that you're doing. It's your name we pray. Amen. Um, I'm going to ask you guys to stand and join us as we continue to worship. I believe after service we'll have uh, some people in the back, um, in the back to, for prayer. So if you would like prayer tonight, tonight, today, this morning, still on vacation mode.